One come all, come gather around Come hear tales both lost and found Finally a show not about true crime It's David and Michael's story time Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls David couldn't interrupt my intro today Because he was drinking water I did Welcome- that on purpose <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another exciting episode of story time The one that is adequately hydrated Well that's David Miller And the one who's gonna... Uh, work himself dry this time. It's Michael Santel. Listen, I'm glad that you have your ice pack ready to keep your body temperature at a cool level. Yeah. Uh, just like you're in the movie Flatliners, if we yeah. needed to have you talk to the other side. Yeah. I have a long fairy tale to oh, tell yeah, yeah, yeah. you. There was one that we skipped last time because it was too long. It was too long, but it's perfect for today. <laughs> Great. David, I am about to tell you the to- uh, the story on page 81 of your workbooks, 286, Brother Lustig. Lustig? Yeah, that's what I'm calling him. Lustig. Lustig. Could be Lustig. Spell it for me. L-U-S-T-I-G. Yeah, Brother Lustig. Lustig. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Lustig. <laughs> Great. Oh. Uh, you may not have heard that or not, or maybe you did, audience. My cat has decided this morning or today to be vocal, and he's just standing out in the living room yelling. <laughs> it sounded like he was a cat uh, uh, doorbell. Like someone went, hey, okay. dog, and it was like, yeah. like yeah, it was he's just, just a little he's quick He's just one. out there standing in the middle of the room and yelling at nothing. Well, that's what I do most of my day, so I'm glad <laughs> the cat understands and is picking up on our vibe. Yeah. David, what are your prediction? What do you think is going to happen in Brother Lustig? Brother Lustig is a monk. At a monastery, uh, and he is going to have to go on a journey of uh, s- self-discovery and exploration. Uh, and what he thought was his goal of the journey, by the end, will have changed completely. You're pretty accurate, not 100%, <laughs> but pretty close. When you just throw vague things at a prediction, it tends to work out. <laughs> go through the list. Rich man, poor man. Poor man. Uh, uh... Uh, King's son or just a regular well, guy? Well, that's, that's rich man, poor man. Rich man, poor man is the same as King's son, poor man. So, okay. So poor man. Talking uh, animals. Talking animals, yes. Does God show up? Yes. Uh, how many dead bodies? Four. Okay. Minimum. Okay. Mm, five, four minimum, five maximum. <laughs> we're going okay. we're gonna, to we're gonna really pin okay. ourselves in here. Okay, okay. Oh, death. Uh, yeah, that's all of them, right? That's all yeah, that's we all always go through. That's all the ones I can think of. I'm sure there's more, but we haven't found any yet. Uh, and then it's not going to be in the traditional sense. This is going to be my long shot prediction. Not in the traditional sense, but there is, at some point during the story, whether it's our main character or someone else, a heist takes place. Oh, for sure that happens. I didn't know you knew about the heist. There's several heists. I don't know. I'll let you count the number of heists. Whatever you tell me is the number of heists, that's what it will be. Great. Okay. Brother Lustig. There was once a great war, and when it came to an end, many soldiers were discharged. David, lots of people died. Way more than five. That's not what discharged means. Discharged means they're done being in the military. Right, but that great war happened. If it was a great war, that's got to be five plus deaths. Yeah, and a great war back in those days, it's just a bunch of people with 
at best single shot rifles and then and then hand to hand combat. More right? people like, died on the way to the war than died sure. in the war. Yeah, or waiting for it with no supplies and freezing to death and shit. Then brother, uh, then brother Lustig also received his dismissal, and besides that, nothing but a small loaf of bread and four cruisers in money, uh, with which he departed. Okay, so brother Lustig was a soldier. Or a, he was, he was like a, a chaplain, like a monk in the soldier's service. He was a, he, just as he was a soldier, he could have done so some sense, monkey on his probably like like comrade lusted kind of thing. I believe like that's a, exactly what it means. Yeah, but they were probably fighting against the Russians for so. sure. They were yeah, the Russian invaders, time, the Prussians. Uh. <laughs> they all mix together and kill each other, David. St. Peter had, however, placed himself in the way in the shape of a beggar. And when Brother Lustig came up, he begged alms of him. Brother Lustig replied, Dear beggar, what am I to give you? I have, I have been a soldier and have received my dismissal and have nothing but a little loaf of bread and four cruisers of money. When that is gone, I shall have to beg as well as you. Still, I will give you something. Thereupon he divided his loaf into four parts and gave the apostle one of them, and a cruiser likewise. St. Peter thanked him, went onwards, and threw himself again in the soldier's way as a beggar, and uh, but in a different shape. These are the heists. These are the heists right now. He's taking his money and his bread. And when he came up and begged a gift uh, of him as before... Brother Lustig spoke as he did had done before, and again gave him quarter of the loaf and one cruiser. And not for nothing, but I was also right on poor man, because he's a fucking discharged soldier with four cruisers to his name. His his money just keeps going down and down (laughs) and down. St. Peter uh, thanked him and went onwards, and for the third time placed himself in another shape as a beggar on the road, and, and, uh, and spoke to Brother Lustig. Brother Lustig gave him also a third quarter of the bread and the third cruiser. St. Be- uh, Peter thanked him, and Brother Lustig went onwards, and had but a quarter of the loaf and one cruiser. With that, he went to an inn, ate the bread, ordered one cruiser's worth of beer. When he had had Hell it, yeah. he, 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 journeyed- last cruiser on beer. <laughs> <laughs> he journeyed onwards, and then St. Peter, who had, a sh- uh, who had assumed the appearance of a discharged soldier, met and spoke with him thus. Good day, comrade. Can you not give me a bit of bread and a cruiser to get a drink? That's right, David. He spent his last $5 on a 40 and a Whopper. That's exactly yeah. what he did. Where am I to produce it, answered Brother Lustig? I have been discharged and got nothing but a loaf of bread and four cruisers in money. I met three beggars on the road and gave each one a quarter of the bread and one cruiser. The last quarter I ate at the inn and had to drink with the last cruiser. Now my pockets are empty, and if also have nothing, we can go on begging together. No, answered St. Peter. We need not do that. I know a little bit about medicine, and I will soon earn as much as I require by that. Indeed, said Brother Lustig. I know nothing of that. I must go on and beg alone. (laughs) (laughs) Just come with me, said St. Peter, and if I earn anything, you shall have half of it. All right, said Brother Lustig, and so they went together. That's right, he's a doctor's apprentice. Yeah, but like, 
he doesn't have to do anything. He's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. He's like, just come with me. It's fine. He is basically a nurse. They don't know anything about what a doctor does. They're just there to help <laughs> wow. things change the sheets. They're like wow. a moat. They're like a expensive motel staff, if you will. Michael Santel's opinions do not necessarily reflect the opinions <laughs> of this podcast or any other host therein. I'm not. I'm not here to throw shade. Nurses are amazing. I feel like they actually answer questions when you want to know what's going on. Doctors bring in people with other clipboards, and then you turn to the nurse, and you're like, what is going on? And then they tell you the truth. So no, no shade against nurses. We're here, here to take your blood. Yeah, yeah. We're here, to, we're here to support you. And then came to a peasant's house, inside which they heard a loud lamentations and cries. So they went in, and there the husband was lying sick unto death and, near, uh, and very near his end. And his wife was crying and weeping quite loudly. Yeah. Stop that howling and crying, said St. Peter. <laughs> if someone was, like, lamenting the near death of their loved one, and you burst in their door and went, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I will make the man well again. So he took a salve out of his pocket and healed the sick man in a moment so that he could get up and was in perfect health. Mm. In great delight, the man and his wife, how can we reward you? What shall we give you? But St. Peter would take nothing, and the more the peasants offered him, the more he refused. Brother Lustig, however, nudged St. Peter and said, Take something. Sure enough, we are in need of it. At length, the woman brought a lamb and said to St. Peter that he really must take that, but he would not. Then Brother Lustig gave him a poke in the side and said, Do take it, you stupid fool. We are in great <laughs> want of it. St. Peter does not want to eat dinner, and uh, Brother Lustig does want to eat dinner. <laughs> then St. Peter said at last, Well, I will take the lamp, but I won't carry it. If you will insist on having it, you must carry it. That is nothing, said Brother Lustig. I'm a soldier. I, will... I used to carry fucking supplies all day. I will easily carry it and took it on his shoulder. We lost more men carrying supplies than in the battle. <laughs> They then departed and came to a wood, but Brother Lustig had begun to feel the lamb heavy, and he was hungry. So he said to St. Peter, look, that's a good place. We might cook the lamb there and eat it. As you like, answered St. Peter, but I can't have anything to do with the cooking. If you will cook, there is a kettle for you. In the meantime, I will go for a walk until it is ready. You must, however, not begin to eat until I have come back, or uh, I will come at the right time. Well, go then, said Brother Lustig. I understand cookery. I will manage it. <laughs> then St. Peter went away, and Brother Lustig killed the lamb, lighted the fire, threw the meat into the kennel, and boiled it. The lamb, however, quite ready, and the Apostle Peter had not come back. So Brother Lustig took it out of the kettle, cut it up, and found the heart. That is supposed to be the best part, said he, and tasted it, and at last he ate it all up. At length, St. Peter uh, returned and said, You may eat the whole of the lamb yourself. I will only have the heart. Give me that. Then Brother Lustig took a knife and a fork and pretended to look anxiously about the lamb's flesh uh, and was not able to find the heart. And at last he said abruptly, There is none there. This lamb didn't have a heart, I promise. <laughs> But where can it be, said the apostle. I don't know, replied Brother Lustig. But look, what fools we both are to seek a lamb's heart. And neither of us remembered that a lamb has no heart. Aha. Oh, said St. Peter. 
that is something quite new. Every animal has a heart. Why is a lamb to have none? Not every animal. No, he, he, <laughs> be assured, my brother, said Brother Lustig, that a lamb has no heart. Just consider it seriously, and then you will see that in reality, it has none. Well, it is all right, said St. Peter. If there is no heart, I want none of the lamb. You may eat it alone. What I can't eat now, I will carry away in my knapsack, said Brother Lustig. And he ate half the lamb and put the rest in his knapsack. No heart for St. Peter, David. No. They went further, and St. Peter caused a great stream of water to flow right across the plaque. And they were obliged to pass through it. Said St. Peter, you go first. No, answered Brother Lustig. You must go first. Uh, and he thought, if the water is too deep, I will stay behind. And then St. Peter strode through it, and the water just reached to his knees. So Brother Lustig began to go through it also. But the water grew deeper and reached his throat. Yikes. Then the brother, and then he cried, Brother, help me. St. Peter said, then you will confess that you have eaten the lamb's heart? Oh. No, said he, I have not eaten it. Uh, then the water grew even deeper still and rose to his mouth. Help me, brother, cried the soldier. St. Peter said, then you will confess that you have eaten the lamb's heart? No, he replied, I have not eaten it. St. Peter, however, would not let him drown, but made the water sink and helped him through it. Then they journeyed onwards and came to a kingdom where they heard the king's daughter lay sick and dying. Hello, brother, said the soldier to St. Peter. This is a chance for us. If we can hear her, we shall be provided for, for life. But St. Peter was not half quick enough for him. Come, lift your legs, my dear brother, said he, and uh, uh, that we may get there in time. But St. Peter walked slower and slower, <laughs> and Brother Lustig did all that he could to drive and push him on. But at last they heard that the princess was dead. God, I'm, I have so many things. like. I'm, I'm so, I, David, I'm so excited. <laughs> Keep riding your little heart's content. Now we are done for, said Brother Lustig. That is what comes of your sleepy way of walking. Just be quiet, answered St. Peter. I can do more than cure sick people. I can bring dead ones to life again. God damn it. Well, if you can do that, said Brother Lustig, it's all right. But you should earn at least half the kingdom for us by doing that. Then they went to the royal palace where everyone was in great grief. But St. Peter told the king that he would restore his daughter to life. <laughs> Everybody, shut up. Shut I'll make this up. Stop that clock. I need quiet to work. <laughs> he was taken to her and said, bring me a kettle and some water. And when, uh, and when that was brought, he bade everyone go out and allowed no one to remain with him but Brother Lustig. Then he cut off the dead girl's limbs, Yikes. threw them into the water, lighted a fire beneath the kettle, and boiled them. And like when this. the flesh had fallen away from the bones, he took out the beautiful white bones and laid them on the table, arranged them together in their natural order. <laughs> when, he, uh, when he had done that, he stepped forward and said three times, In the name of the Holy Trinity, dead woman, arise! Right. And at the third time, the princess arose, living, healthy, and beautiful. 
But without skins. Yeah, yeah, she was completely <laughs> translucent. <laughs> then the king was in greatest joy and said to St. Peter, Ask for your reward, even if it is half my kingdom. I will give it to you. But St. Peter said, I want nothing for it. Oh, you top fool, thought Brother Lusty <laughs> to himself and nudged his comrade and said, Don't be stupid. If you have no need of anything, I have. St. Peter, however, would have nothing. But as the king saw that the other would very much like to have something, he ordered his treasurer to fill Brother Lustig's knapsack with gold. Hell yeah. Yeah, they can watch him just like squirming in the corner. They're like, give that guy something. <laughs> he needs something. <laughs> that guy needs a little something. <laughs> then they went on their way, and when they came to a forest, St. Peter said to Brother Lustig, now we will divide the gold. Yes, he replied, we will. So St. Peter divided the gold and divided it into three heaps. Brother Lustig thought to himself, what craze has got into his head now? He is making three shares, but there are only two of us. But St. Peter said, I have divided exactly. What, uh, there is one share for me, one share for you, and one for whoever ate the lamb's heart. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I ate that, replied Brother Lustig, and happily swept up the gold. You may trust what I say. But how can that be true, said St. Peter, when a lamb has no heart? Nonsense, brother. What can you be thinking of? Lambs have hearts like other animals. Why should they, why should they only have none? Well, so be it, said St. Peter. Keep the gold yourself, but I will stay with you no longer. I will go my way alone. As you like, dear brother, answered Brother Lustig, farewell. And then St. Peter went on a different road, and Brother Lustig thought, it is good thing that he has taken himself off. He is certainly a strange saint after all. Then he had money enough, but he did not manage it, squandered it, gave it away, and when some time had gone by, uh, we already know he's not going to manage it well. Like, he gave it, he gave all of it to every, <laughs> to every beggar that asked, and then spent the last of it on beer. And then, and David, he's, a, he's a soldier. They gamble their David, money away all the time. Once more, he had nothing. Yeah. Then he arrived in a certain country where he heard that a king's daughter was dead. Oh, ho, ho, thought he. Oh, that no. may he's be a good do, thing oh, no. for me. <laughs> I will bring her to life again and see that I am paid as I ought to be. Uh. So he went to the king and offered to raise the dead girl to life again. Now the king had heard that a discharged soldier was traveling about and bringing dead persons to life again. <laughs> and thought that Brother rumor. Lustig <laughs> was the man. And as he had no confidence in him, he consulted his counselors. First, who said that he might give it a trial as the daughter was already dead. <laughs> the learned men were like, what is going to hurt anything? It's yeah, not like you can like, do any whatever. worse. What, she's is he going to walk in the room dead. and she's still dead? Yeah. What, what is she going to come back with no skin on? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Brother Lustig ordered water to be brought to him, a kettle, bade everyone to go out and cut the limbs off, threw them in the water and lighted a fire beneath, just as he had, just he had seen St. Peter do. Ooh, I wonder if the spell won't work because you didn't tell everyone to shut the fuck up. Like, if I that's also sp part of I mean, the spell. I, I think the spell won't work because he's not fucking St. Peter. Well, you know? David... The water began to boil, the flesh fell off, and he took the bones and laid them on the table. 
But he, he did doesn't not, know how to put them in order. He did <laughs> not know the order in which to lay them, and they placed them all wrong and in confusion. Because he doesn't know about this shit. Then he stood before and said, In the name of the most holy trinity, dead maiden, I bid you arise. Oh, no. And he said this thrice, but the bones did not stir. Oh, I thought they were going to like come together, but as like a, an abomination that just begs for death again. So he said it thrice more, but also in vain. Confounded girl that you are, get up, cried he, get up or shall be even worse for you. When Why? How said, can it be worse for her? It's going to be worse for her. He's going to really mess her up. <laughs> when he said that, St. Peter suddenly appeared in his former shape as a discharged soldier. Okay. He entered the window and said, Godless man, what are you doing? How can a dead maiden arise when you have thrown about her bones in such confusion? Dear brother, I have done everything to the best of my ability, he answered. This once I will help you out of this difficulty. But one thing I will tell you, and that is that if you ever undertake anything of this kind again, it will be the worse for you. And also you must neither demand nor accept the smallest thing from the king for this. Mm. Thereupon, St. Peter laid the bones in the right order and, the ma- and said to the maiden three times, in the name of the most holy trinity, dead maiden, Arise! And the king's daughter arose, healthy and beautiful as before. You could see right to her spleen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then St. Peter went away and again, uh, then St. Peter went away again by the window and Brother Lustig was rejoiced to find that he had passed off so well. And when, uh, but was very much vexed to think after all that he was not to take anything for it. I should just like to know, thought he, what fancy the fellow has got in his head. For what he gives with one hand, he takes away with the other. There is no sense whatsoever in it. Then the king offered offered Brother Lustig whatever he wished to have, but he did not dare take anything. However, by hints and cunning, he contrived to make the king order his knapsack be filled with gold, Mm -hmm. and with it he departed. That's pretty clever. That's pretty yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah. When he got out, St. Peter if there's standing one thing by we know the door. About, if there's one thing we know about the rules of God, he's fine with loopholes. He's totally <laughs> fine with loopholes, David. This story should be called Loopholes. But it's spelled like Looper, but it's pronounced Loopholes. Brother Loopholes. Brother Loopholes. Just look what a man you are. Did I forbid you to take anything? And there you have a knapsack full of gold? How could I help that? Answered Brother Lustig. If people will put it in for me? Well, I'll tell you this. That if you are ever set about anything of this kind again, you shall suffer for it. Uh, brother, have no fear. Now I have money. Why should I trouble myself with washing bones? I'll never be in this situation again. Faith, said St. Peter, (laughs) that gold will not last long. In order... In order that after this you may never uh, tread in unlawful paths, I will bestow upon your knapsack this property, namely, that whatever you wish to have inside of it shall shall be there. Farewell, and you will never see me again. Goodbye, said Brother Lustig, and thought to himself, I am very glad that you have taken yourself off, you strange fellow. I shall certainly not follow you. But the magical power (laughs) with which he had bestowed on his knapsack, he thought of him no more. He's got a magical knapsack. 
so I, I I hope that this kind of comes back to like bite him in the error of his ways kind of thing. But like this could just be another story where someone does all the wrong things and then just gets rewarded anyway. <laughs> Brother Lustig traveled about with his money and squandered and wasted it when he had uh, like he had done so before. I hope he had with- a fun time though. Yeah, you really you want to see a montage of all the cool just, shit that he did? If he's going to lose all his money, I hope it was like he had the top shelf drinks and he had the pretty ladies and he was I know playing which, the casino games. I guarantee you a pig like knocked over his bag and some money. Like I guarantee you it's all the worst ways to lose yeah, money. Yeah. He, he gets he, he gets cheated out of a bunch of it by people selling him bunk shit. He used his pennies to like knock a thing out of a tree into a river or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? When at last he had no more than four cruisers, he passed by an inn and thought, the money must go, and ordered three cruisers worth of wine and one cruisers worth of bread for himself. David, he's always going way heavy on the booze. He's a three to one in terms of that booze to food intake. He is a soldier. (laughs) Yes, that is true. They they work hard so they can play hard. They work hard so that they can mask their PTSD with a severe amount of alcohol. As right, he was play sitting, hard. That's what I said. Thank you, thank you. They're drinking. The smell of roast goose made his way to his nose. Brother Lustig looked about and peeped and saw that the host had two geese standing in the oven. Then he remembered standing that he, in the oven. He's uh, he's he's baking them alive. <laughs> some sort of vertical spit system. Like they sound delicious. Yeah. <laughs> then he remembered that his comrade had said that uh, whatever he wished to have in his knapsack should be there. Yeah. So he said, "Oh ho! I must try it with these geese." <laughs> so he went. It is baffling, like that he would go through spending all his money before he even thinks of trying out the magic sack. Like, try the, if someone tells you your sack is now magic, whatever you want to be in it is in it. The first thing you do is wish for like, Didn't I don't know, a stack of waiting. corn. I don't know, like, <laughs> whatever your want is for the sack. You know, we all have different wishes for the sack. His bag is just filled with cow's hide with lewd pictures on top of it, like. <laughs> They had paper by then. I guess, maybe. They took so by like the 1800s. Yeah, they had paper. <laughs> I don't know, David. So we, uh, so he went out, and when he and when he was outside the door, he said, "I wish those two roasted geese out of the oven into my knapsack." And he could just he wish for that, other roasted geese. Nope. He unbuckled it and looked, and there they were inside. Ah, that's right. Said he, now I am a made man. But someone's going to be like, who stole our geese? And and went away to the meadow and took the roast meat. I love that he got two two dead roasted birds. He's like, I want for nothing. And he's like, (laughs) you're going to be done with that meal in 30 minutes. When he was in the middle of his meal, two journeymen came up and looked at the second goose, which was not yet touched with hungry eyes. Uh-huh. Brother Lustig thought to himself, one is enough for me, and called the two men and said, take the goose and eat it to your health. Oh yeah, share what you got. And went to the inn, ordered themselves half a bottle of wine and a loaf, and took the goose, which had been given to them, and began to eat. The hostess said to them, and said to her husband, those two are eating a goose. Just look to see if it's one of ours out of the oven. The landlord ran over, and behold, the oven was empty. What? cried he. Do thievish crew, you must have eaten the goose as cheap as that. 
pay for it this moment or I will wash you well with the green hazel sap. The two said, we are not thieves. A discharged soldier gave us the goose outside there in the meadow. You shall not throw dust in the eyes that way. That soldier has been here, but he went out the door like an honest fellow. <laughs> I looked after him myself, and you two are thieves and shall pay. But as they could not pay, he took a stick and cudgeled them out of the house. Brother Lustig went on his way and came to a place where there was a magnificent castle, and not far from it a, a wretched inn. He made his way to the inn and asked for a night's lodging, but the landlord turned him away and said, There is no more room here. The house is full of noble guests. Ooh, play with physics and wish for a whole tavern room in your bag. In, uh, it surprises me that uh, they should come to you and not go to that splendid castle, said Brother Lustig. Ah, indeed, <laughs> replied the host, but it is no slight matter to sleep there for a night. No one who has tried it so far has ever come out of it alive. Ooh, it's haunted. If others have tried, said Brother Lustig, I will try it too. Leave it alone, said the host. It will cost you your neck. If it won't, it won't kill me at once, said Brother Lustig. It'll kill me in small pieces <laughs> over a long period. Just give me the key and some food and good wine. And the host gave him a key, food, and good wine. And with that, Brother Lustig went to the castle, enjoyed his supper, and at length, when he was sleepy, lay down on the ground, for that was, uh, for that was his bed. Okay. He, he soon fell asleep, but during the night was disturbed by a great noise, and when he awoke, he saw nine ugly devils in the room who had made a circle and were dancing around him. This, Brother Lustig said, is, well... I know, I know we haven't done this story before, but I feel like we've done a story that had a very similar like beat. We had so, a guy go stay in a haunted castle. And then, uh, yeah, but he was like, he had to like, he had to like... The devils had to, like, torture him, and he wasn't allowed to make a sound for, like, three nights yes. or something. And then he had to say, oh, I remember, there was a woman who, like, she yeah. was all black, but then when she was good again, she was all white. And we had yeah, a lot to say about that. Yeah, the black, I remember. That. The story yeah, about yeah, the yeah. black woman, I remember it. <laughs> it's so funny, because I kept thinking that I had told you this story. I'm glad yeah, that I, I had it's it. Just, it's a similar beat, yeah. Side note, though, there was a story I grew up learning. There was a, a book that we had growing up as kids where this guy has to stay in a house to light Hanukkah candles, and every night he fights demons. It was a pretty good. It was That's a pretty, pretty good. Cool. It's a pretty good Hanukkah story. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, I don't know if it's a good story or a bad story. Like one of the devils, he like bets all night with a dreidel and steals all of his money. In hindsight, yeah. I don't know if that book's a good story for Jews. I have to think a, about it. There was a movie I saw when I was a kid. I, this is like bringing back memories of the, like the idea of like staying the night in the haunted castle kind of thing. It's the classic setup of like a guy is challenged to go like stay in a haunted house for a night or whatever. Um, I, I, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was starring like Don Knotts or something like it's like an old classic like comedy movie and there was just a bunch of bits of him in this haunted house where like the eyes are following him <laughs> on the walls but he like sees it and doesn't see it and whatever and it, and like basically I the way I remember it is he's he succeeds in staying in the house overnight kind of because he's just such a bumbling idiot that sure while he's scared he never like <laughs> gets truly haunted now David I am gonna guess based on no information 
confirmation that you were an Apple Dumpling Gang kid. You watched that movie several times. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. That's a famous Don Knotts movie from the 70s. My fa- The Don Knotts movie I grew up with was The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Where yes. Don Knotts gets turned into a fish, a fish and, then, yeah. and then helps win World War II for the Allies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba-boom! It's a solid <laughs> Santel movie. I highly recommend it. He falls in love with a ladyfish and leaves his wife for her. It's a crazy That's story. Crazy, yeah. There's a scene where we go to Nazi HQ where they have a fish and all the Nazis are like trying to figure out how to kill this fish because it's ruining all the U-boats. <laughs> They're like, and they're like, it's great. And it's the 70s, so it's very racist towards yeah, the Nazis. Absolutely. Uh, but well, I, feel, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're allowed to be racist. Well, to racist Nazis. towards Nazis, like, Nazi isn't a race, but sure. They, they, oh, well, were, I, they, they were in they a would race. Argue. They yeah. would argue that they, they are. They would argue they right. are in a race. <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Well, dance as long as you like, but none of you must come too close. But the devils passed continually nearer to him and almost stepped on his face with their hideous feet. Oh, shit. Stop, you devil's ghost, said he, but they behaved still worse. Then cried Brother Lusta, grew angry and cried, Ho, I will, I will soon make it quiet, and got the leg of a chair and struck them into the midst of, uh, midst of them with it. But nine devils against one soldier, there are still too many. And when he struck <laughs> them in the front of him, others seized him from behind by the hair and tore him unmercifully. That's Devils. why you gotta cut your hair as a soldier. That's why uh-huh, they do those uh-huh. short haircuts. That's why. That's why. That's why Jews keep their hair under the yarmulke so the devils can't get it. Devil's crew, cried he, it is getting too bad. But uh, but just you wait. Into my knapsack, all nine of you. And oh, in an shit. instant, they were in it. They were buckled up, and he threw it in the corner. Yeah, this is just gonna be one of those stories where, for some reason, this bad—not even a bad person, but a person who made a bad choice—is given. The key to victory. (laughs) After this, all was suddenly quiet, and Brother Lustig lay down again, slept till it was bright day. Then came to the innkeeper and the nobleman to whom the castle belonged to see how he had fared. Uh, But when they perceived that he was merry and well, they were astonished and asked, Have the spirits done you no harm then? The reason why they have not answered Brother Lustig is because I have got the whole nine of them in my knapsack. You may once more inhabit the castle quite tranquilly. None of them will ever haunt it again. The nobleman thanked him and gave him rich presents uh, and begged him to remain in their service. But he provided him for as long as that he should live. No, replied Brother Lustig. I am used to wandering about. I will travel further. Then he went and entered into a smithy, laid the knapsack, which contained the nine devils, on the anvil, and asked the smith and his apprentice to strike it. So they struck the great hammer with all their strength, and the devils uttered howls, which were quite pitiful. When he opened the knapsack after this, eight of them were dead, and one which was lying in a fold of the bag was still alive, slipped out, and went back again to hell. Thereupon, Brother Lustig traveled a long time about the world, and those who know them call can tell many a story about him. But at last he grew old and thought of his end, so he went to a hermit who was known to be a pious man, and said to him, I am tired of wandering about, and want to now behave in such a manner that I shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
<laughs> old people, am I right? Oh, now I know, I'm right? Old, He's all done making do? a living. It's time to figure out how I get my soul in order. <laughs> the hermit replied, there are two roads. One is broad and pleasant, and that one leads to hell. The other is narrow and rough, and that one leads to heaven. Yeah, David, I can't just... believe how many notes you have. That's just, I know, I'm going under the other side of my whiteboard. Uh, that, uh, that's just a, like paraphrasing a thing Jesus said. Yeah, yeah, except this book was written before Jesus was alive, so you're right, you're take right. that into yeah. account. <laughs> I should be a fool, thought Brother Lustig, if I were to take the narrow, rough road. So he took out and took the broad and pleasant road, and at length came to the great black door, which was the door to hell. Brother Lustig knocked, and the gatekeeper peeped out to see who was there. But when he saw that it was Brother Lustig, he was terrified, for he was the same night yeah. devil who had been yeah. shut up in the knapsack. Sure and he got demoted to guard it. door duty. He had escaped from it with a black eye. No, I feel like he showed up and they're like, where have you? But he's like, I guard this door. This is my job. I've always, <laughs> I've this always has always been, been my job. <laughs> Look, I have a black eye. See, it hit me in the eye because I open it so often. Oh, that's so he. So when the devil with the black eye goes to the doctor and he's like, "How'd you get that black eye?" He says, "I swear, <laughs> I, I ran into a door." And then the doctor has to pull aside the devil's husband, yeah. and be like, "And be like, listen, if Did, you is you, that what you, happened? You can, you can tell me, really, like, <laughs> tell me the truth. What's going on here?" So he pushed the bolt. Not to make did. light of domestic abuse. Not obviously. to make light of it. But we should turn some lights on so we can we see what's going on. We should shine some light We should shine abuse. some lights on it, right. <laughs> so like we, the shiner that is right, on. Which is very <laughs> clearly saying that we need to call Child Protective God, Services on this Now program. we're going to hell. So he pushed, no, David. So he pushed in the bolt in again and quickly as he could ran to the devil's lieutenant and said, there is a fellow outside with a knapsack who wants to come in. But if you value your lives, don't allow him to enter, for he will wish the whole of us into his knapsack. He once he once gave me a frightful hammering when I was inside. So they called uh, so they called out and gave the frightful hammering. Uh, so they called out to Brother Lustig and said to go away, and he should not get in there. If they won't have me there, thought he, I will see if I can get to the next place for myself in heaven, for I must be somewhere. So he turned so he turned about and went onwards until he came to the door of heaven where he knocked. So th there was also another way to heaven that wasn't the narrow and difficult road. You know what I think what it is? I think it's like once you get to hell, it's just like around the cult attack right to heaven. Door. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. Saint Peter was sitting nearby as a gatekeeper. Uh-oh, as he does. That's his actual That's job. That's his actual job. <laughs> <laughs> Going to pretend to be a homeless person to beg money from other poor people is just his hobby. I bet Brother Lustig is friends with that ninth demon on the subreddit of gatekeepers. If you go to the gatekeeping <laughs> subreddit, I bet they lament their problems all the time. Sure. Brother Lustig recognized him at once and thought, Here I find my old friend! I shall get on better! But St. Peter said, I really believe that you want to come into heaven. Let me in, brother. I must get in somewhere. If they would have taken me in hell, uh, I should not have come here. No, said St. Peter, you shall not enter. Then if you will not let me in, take your knapsack back, for I will have nothing, in, uh, I will have nothing at all from it. 
Give it here then, said St. Peter. Then Brother Lustig gave him the knapsack into heaven through the bars, and St. Peter took it and hung it beside his seat. Ooh, then Brother ooh, Lustig said, and now... I wish I was in the knapsack. And in the second he was in and in heaven, and St. Peter was forced to let him stay there. Yeah. David, the end. Right. Okay. <laughs> David, just keep doing it. There's no reason for you to change. Other people need to change. You're not the problem. <laughs> All right, David, wow. I want to know him. You wrote a bunch. Tell I me your lessons. Okay. Oh, man. Lessons. So some of these are going to uh, conflate. I, I'm kind of saying like St. I have on, on the top of my notes, I have a little equation that says St. Peter equals God in the sense of like how some of my lessons are going to be said. Okay. Okay. But, okay. If you're poor, it's okay to still buy things you like. He spent wait, his, wait, say that again? If, if you're poor, it's okay to still buy things you like. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I, of course fine. it is. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to go to the mall and your friend groups and steal everything. You can well, buy like, those things. But also, like, when, when, like, if you see someone poor who's asking for money, right? Like, someone who's, like, begging on the street. Yes. And you see those other people who are like, oh, don't give them money. They're just going to go buy drugs. I don't get the fuck what they're going to buy with that money. Like, yeah, it's so... And it's it gonna, ex- if it's going to alleviate the pain of their existence, which is yeah. currently painful, yeah. then, like... What, 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 who the if fuck I give are them- you to judge? Whatever they buy is for... They need it. Right, well, that's also, like saying the things that David needs. Oh, he doesn't need those things. Yeah, he well, needs them. And if I give him ten dollars, that ten dollars is not going to get him off the street, but it might get him the uh, forty ounces of freedom he's looking for. That he yeah, can, get him like, that whopper of the forty that he's yeah. wanted so badly. Um, healthcare should be free. Is my yeah. next one. They spent all. They healed this guy, and then they spent all this time talking about what it's going to cost him. And like, who wants that when you're healed now, David? You you're getting no arguments from me, brother. <laughs> Keep them coming. Uh, uh, you have <laughs> this. This one is dumb. This one is dumb. Uh, you have to wait until the whole party arrives before you can sit down and eat. Yes, don't <laughs> eat. <laughs> If, if David goes to the bathroom, wait to eat your food till he gets back. It's rude to not do that. Totally heard. You're you're preaching the good book, David. Uh, the next one I have is God is a cop, and then I have Dash Entrapment. Yes. He, he did the whole river thing where he like made him walk into the river and then made it sink him up so that he tried to get him to confess. And uh, God, God just like, yep, and just like the U.S. government, if you were to ask him what he does, like, I did not torture him. I used enhanced interrogation techniques. Yeah. The water just happened to get to his neck. I don't know how that happened. Uh, my next one, uh, kind of in line with God as a cop, is uh, God will let someone die to prove a point. Uh-huh. Yeah, so much. I mean, we, so we saw much. it happen in the Bible. Like, Je- I mean, Je- Jesus is literally the best example of that. He but. is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He was God's lamb, right? They were like, put it on your shoulders. Yeah. We can eat this later. Yeah, like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a heart. Um, uh, and on that note, I have a note here that says some animals don't have hearts. No, David, and that's then I not have, true. I have what? Okay, that's I googled okay. it because I googled it while you were talking. And uh, the animals that do not have hearts include jellyfish, flatworms, corals, polyps, starfish, sea anemones, sponges, sea cucumbers, and sea lilies. Once again, science proves that God is a fucking force. <laughs> I can't believe you were able to do that with one search. That's a real thing. 
Tom Fool is a great insult. <laughs> Tom you, Fooler? You, you Tom Fool. He, he, at one point, he called St. Peter like, you Tom Fool. You can't do that. Like, I think that's great. Tom Fool's a great one. I like it. I have in all caps, just honor your deals. <laughs> yes. Just like do yes. the thing you said you're going to do. <laughs> this whole story is a fuck you to the servicemen of our country. <laughs> this whole book says you can't do anything. You're going to get into heaven, but you shouldn't be allowed to. Um, I have one that was based on the line, um, he went, <laughs> that guy went out the door like an honest man, which led me to believe liars don't use doors. That's right. They always go out windows because they're going to sneak <laughs> out the back door. Uh, mur- <laughs> murdering devils is as easy as hitting a bag with a hammer. <laughs> yep. It's really easy. I mean, they were very strong men, but like, yeah, yeah. They rolled out dead. Like, like, just like it, like a bunch of little bodies. Yeah. Uh, and then I have one more, and it's, I think, the main lesson of this story. Is it? Loopholes win. Loopholes if, win! If, if you can find a loophole, to, you win. You take it. That's it. The point of life is to find the loopholes. Find the loopholes. Find the loopholes. See, David, I told you this was a long story, but I got a loophole for you. I got a tiny tail to tat on to the God end. damn it. Uh, page 86 <laughs> of the book, it's called The Fox and the Geese. Predictions. Okay, okay well, this uh, if it's a tiny tail and it's called The Fox and the Geese, I think the fox is going to kill the geese. The end. Mm, I apologize, David. You are wrong, but I'll let you find out the loophole that makes you wrong. (laughs) David, the fox and the geese. The fox once came to a meadow in which there was a flock of fine, fat geese, at which Mm -hmm. he smiled and said, I come in the nick of time. You are sitting together quite beautifully so that I can eat you up one after the other. The geese cackled with terror, sprang up and began to wail and beg piously for their lives. But the fox would listen to nothing and said, there is no mercy to be had. You must die. I like this uh, snagglepuss fox that we've got going At on. length, one of That's them took, stage ride. took their heart and said, if we poor geese are to give, uh, give up our vigorous young lives, show us the possible favor and allow us one more prayer that we may not die in our sins and that we will place ourselves in a row so that you can pick yourself out the fattest. Wow. Wow, that sucks on all the geese except the one who's the fattest one. David, like, I think they were having some sort of geese gangbang or something. Like, they're bad people. I don't know what they were doing that they have to, like, <laughs> pray their... gangbang their... doesn't make you a bad person. David, I don't know what these geese were doing. <laughs> yes, said the fox. That is reasonable and a pious request. Pray away. I will wait till you are done. Then the first began a good, long prayer, forever saying, gah, gah, and uh, would go to no end. The second did not wait until her turn came, and also, gah, gah, and the third and fourth followed her, and soon they were all cackling together. Sure. When they were done praying. That's kind of how it happens in those big, like, group prayer settings. Is it's uh-huh. sort of just like this fervor that takes over everybody. That's right. It's actually... It's- very scary. Uh, <laughs> sort of a traumatic memory just came up in my brain. So well, David, let's... you won't have to live in it very long. When they were done praying, the story shall continue further. But at present, they are still praying without stopping. Beautiful. The end. Beautiful. <laughs> I have one lesson. Okay, you have one lesson. Okay, one what lesson. is? It? Tell me your one lesson. Lessons. 
geese are religious. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Well, that's the best lesson of all. I'm so happy you know about those religious geeses. How many stars upon thars do you give Brother Lustig? Uh, I feel like it was a decent enough story. I feel like, I think it's a four. And uh, what about uh, the fox and the geese? <sighs> Sto- <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm also going to give it a four. Uh, but for like very different reasons, obviously. Like it, it, it's a four because it's like clever and fun, and it's by the time you're getting to like, ugh, there's like five geese. I'm gonna have to like go through five different examples of a thing on why this geese is goose isn't eaten. It's like, nope, story's over. Go home, have a good night, <laughs> and you're like, all right, good job, story. Well, David, it is time for us to say go home and have a good day. Your internet looks like you are under the water right now. So I don't know where this is. So we have to end the episode because I don't know if you're caught up with me or not. I am in perfect sync and clarity over on my side. So okay, you sound like a person that is being attacked by the Matrix night now. (laughs) So... Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for another episode of Storytime. We will have more coming your way soon. The one that sounds like he lives in a dystopian future. Well, that's David Miller. And the one who is totally making all of that up is Michael Santel. Gaslighter to the max. We'll see you kids and cats next time. Okay, bye. That's our show. Thanks for coming around. Don't be sad. No need to frown. We'll have more stories. Don't throw a fit. Goodbye, one and all, and we'll see you in a bit. No one has tried it so far. Uh, <clears throat> Why? Is it haunted? I'm gonna. I'm, I fucked up. I'm gonna go back and say it again, and then yes, you'll. I'll and ask, then, I'll ask and then the you'll find question. out it's haunted. <laughs>